Hi everyone, this is Holly Gilbert Stowell, your host of Security Management Highlights. Thanks for tuning in to this bonus episode and be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud. Security professionals have long known that houses of worship, which strive to be open, welcoming environments, are soft targets vulnerable to attack. But recent events in the news demonstrate these facilities are being targeted more than ever by terrorist organizations or other bad actors. Joining me to talk about trends in houses of worship and what approaches security practitioners can take to protect them is Jim McGuffey, CPP, PSP, PCI, with ACE Security Consultants. Jim is a member of the ASIS Cultural Properties Council and serves on their Houses of Worship Committee. Hi, Jim. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. I'm glad to be here for this. What are some of the recent trends we're seeing as far as security in the houses of worship space and the types of attacks that have been occurring lately? Well, I think with recent trends, if you look at open source information, about two years ago, ISIS began making statements that instead of focusing on the Muslim religious organizations or churches, that they wanted to shift to Christian churches. I I think it started between two and three years ago, and then you begin to notice the increase in attacks on Christian churches in the West with Paris and Germany, and then threats specifically in the United States, in the Washington, D.C., and other parts of the country. There were specific threats. So ISIS, they wanted the other organizations, Al-Shabaab and uh, Al-Qaeda and and a lot of the other affiliate terrorist organizations to start focusing primarily on Christian churches. That's a recent trend. And I think, unfortunately, we will see an increase in these sort of attacks in the United States. We all think about the Charleston shooting in 2015, where nine people lost their lives. That was carried out by lone gunman Dylan Roof, a 21-year-old white supremacist. Are you saying that churches in the United States and houses of worship should be concerned about attacks by even bigger terrorist organizations like ISIS and the like? I think we cannot ignore the comments, the statements uh, with open source information. And I think it's important to point out that FBI Director Comey last year made several statements. Uh, One of them was that ISIS is already in the United States. I think he said 80% of their cases indicate that ISIS is in all 50 states. Prior to a few years ago, you know, that wasn't the case. So if you would read open source information, it would say, you know, ISIS is encouraging their affiliates, Al-Shabaab, who operates in Africa, and Al-Qaeda, and all the other affiliate terrorist groups to focus on Christian churches. And in specifically in the West, Europe, United States, it meant less. But now that we know, hey, these guys are here, they're working in the United States now. ISIS is here. Houses of worship obviously are concerned about maintaining an open and welcoming environment as much as they're concerned about security, though we have seen more and more houses of worship talk about and even employ armed guards. So what's the balance there, and how do security practitioners help these houses of worship strike it? First off, I want to point out that security professionals and operating people, they tend to overreact and be premature in their assigning security strategies. And I maintain that prior to, you know, making any major change in a security program or security countermeasures that, you know, we do a uh, security risk 
analysis first. You know, so instead of jumping right to armed guards at every church, we need to use a comprehensive approach, which, you know, ASIS has with the uh, vulnerability analysis process, where we're looking at all of the critical assets, and then we're looking at the threats or hazards that could negatively impact these critical assets. We're assigning either a numerical number or high, medium, or low to the uh, level of consequence for a threat or a hazard, the impact that it can have upon the critical assets. And then we're looking at the likelihood or probability of occurrence and assigning a level, high, medium, or low, or a numerical number. And then we're looking at selecting security countermeasures. Cost-effective is a key word, especially for houses of worship. The important thing in this process is we're using what we call a safety focus team. And this isn't the security team if there is one in place. This is an ad hoc committee made up for a house of worship. It's made up of your senior pastor, pastors, your youth pastor, somebody from admin, human resources, maintenance, people who are familiar with the day-to-day operations of the church or the facility and the property. So they're part of this plan. It's really their plan. So that when the vulnerability analysis is completed and we have security countermeasures assigned, the plan is more apt to succeed because it's, it's the focus team that puts this plan together. Part of the uh, plan uh, recommendations might be to have a security program if there is not one in existence. Or it might mean, hey, let's look at assigning armed guards here. Because I'm very reluctant just to jump right into assigning armed armed guards without looking at the probability of occurrence. In other words, how likely is this event to occur? You know, and that's when you look at your historical information. You look at the physical protection system that's already in place or not in place. Because these are the things that can impact the probability or likelihood that a threat or hazard will occur. So for houses of worship, you're suggesting that there be security threat levels that are escalated based on, you know, the nature of the latest information? Yeah. Well, what you want to do is, depending on the probability or likelihood, you're assigning appropriate cost-effective security strategies to mitigate the risk. And and security strategies involve policies and procedures, technology and equipment, and well-trained personnel all working cohesively to ensure protection of a facility. Do our emotions as a society get in the way when we respond to attacks on houses of worship, and do they prevent us from really providing effective security? I do think that the unfortunate and horrific attacks in North Charleston and other attacks in Western Europe, they were a real eye-opener for the United States and for the world. But, you know, unfortunately, like so often has happened in the past, we tend to have short memories. And so church leaders, they jump on board with security assessment and assigning security strategies. And they want to do this quickly. They want to do it right away, but then they forget about it. Nothing happens for a month, two months, three months, and they tend to let it fall by the wayside once again. In that same vein, houses of worship are definitely symbolic in the community, much like a school. So is that why they're such an attractive target? Well, I think if if we divide it into criminal and terrorist attacks, for terrorists, the motivation is the religious side of it. You've got your extremists 
and had controversy with the Christian religion. So they're motivated to kill as many Christians as they can. They have no concern on how they do it, men, women, or children, versus the criminal element, different type of motivation. Sometimes you have a criminal that is intent on breaking inside to steal computers or things of value, versus others are just intent on vandalism, oftentimes extreme vandalism, where they break inside a church and they want to just destroy as much as they possibly can. Some are just off-base mentally and have no rhyme or reason for their attack. They're just not mentally balanced and they want to destroy a church or a house of worship. So you have different motivations. My concern more is we've done a pretty good job of dealing with criminal attacks, but I don't think we're prepared for terrorist attacks, which uh, unfortunately will be more violent when they do occur. Can you expound a little more on that, approaching the terroristic threat versus the criminal threat, how, you know, addressing them is different? Well, with the terrorist threat, we need to step back and consider, again, the cost. But I won't go into all of the basic security strategies that we, you know, would recommend or that are already existing, such as a burglar, fire alarm, maintain uh, shrubbery, you know, the basics. We need those same things in place, but we need to also look at a couple of other security countermeasures that we don't normally think about. And one that I've been recommending for about a year now has been surveillance detection. Because one thing we've learned in terrorist attacks is that these groups, orchestrate well-planned attacks that they may spend months and in, in the case of 9-11 uh, a year or so in their pre-planning. It's during the surveillance part that we have our best chance of detecting an attack by a terrorist or terrorist group. And it, it's during this time, if it is a group and not just a lone wolf, single person type of attack, that may not be well-planned. It may be more like a criminal attack. But if it is a group and they do their surveillance twice, the first time they're gathering information on the target that may be the softest that they want to attack, and then they'll decide, okay, we're going to attack this place over this place for all these type of reasons. And then they'll send out their more experienced surveillance people later on they're going to be trying to gather information on the security technology, on policies and procedures related to security and the training. And again, it's during these two times that we have our best chance to detect that somebody, a terrorist group, would be surveilling a facility. And although I'm talking about houses of worship, this process, this countermeasure and these countermeasures impact all facilities. So if we know that we're being surveilled or we could be surveilled and we train people to look for this surveillance, the terrorist surveillance people, they're going to want to be positioned at a spot where they can observe our vulnerability. They want easy access. They want to be able to exit and enter with ease. So if we know where they're going to position themselves, we can train our facility people to look in these locations for suspicious activity. You know, some of the activities might be taking photos and then somebody from the facility walks by and they stop taking the photos. They might be sitting inside a car with the window rolled up taking photos. So there are suspicious activities that occur. With minimal training, these can be identified. Law enforcement can be notified. They do their own 
counter-surveillance, which can lead maybe to bigger and better things as it relates to apprehending these groups. So surveillance detection is one thing, and churches can't afford these type of security countermeasures to go out and install pop-up bollards or New Jersey barriers for a vehicle-borne IEDs. But I encourage them to have a security company, maybe on retainer notice that if we need these sort of security countermeasures, they might be metal detectors for large events. There are security companies out here, as I learned from our ASIS seminar and exhibits 2016 down in Orlando last year, is there are companies that will come out and be ready to install these things on a temporary basis. So the cost is minimal compared to going out and purchasing them. There's a lot of things that we can do to prepare ourselves for terrorist attacks. I hope I'm wrong in this. I hope none of them ever occur in the United States, but I do think with all the open source information, we need to begin to prepare ourselves for these sort of things, and we have to be cost-effective as we begin to prepare. And just as a final question, how can public-private partnerships between houses of worship and local police or, you know, bigger law enforcement agencies, even including the FBI, how can those relationships help improve security overall? That's a a great question, and I think that's part of cost-effective security countermeasures also. During the past 18 months, uh, our local chapter, the Savannah Lowcountry chapter, has worked with the Bluffton, South Carolina Police Department. And we've held two workshops on a Saturday where we have trained more than 80 House of Worship leaders from South Carolina and Georgia. And I think we'll probably be uh, having another one in the near future. During this time, and and I was the instructor, I taught them vulnerability analysis methodology so that they could go back and take this information and work with somebody in their church, whether it be a, a security professional, a police officer, somebody in the military. But the key is they have to have some training in the security profession. Every church will most likely have somebody that's had some training in security that can take this process. And you won't become an expert overnight, but with practice, you can implement this process and do it annually at least to look at the vulnerabilities in your organization and to assign the appropriate cost-effective security countermeasures. Another point is we have to do this on a at least an annual basis because threats are always changing. They're never static. So when we do a security risk assessment or analysis, we have to do this at least annually and review it even more often just to make sure that the security countermeasures that we have assigned, number one, we audit them to make sure they're effective, and then we review them to make sure that with changing threats that they are still effective in protecting a facility. Thanks so much for joining us, Jim. We appreciate your time. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. It's a personal ministry that I've had for the past eight years is trying to improve security and safety for houses of worship. Thank you. That does it for this bonus episode. Be sure to check out the August 2017 issue of Security Management Magazine for an article on houses of worship and the ASIS website for a security spotlight for resources on protecting houses of worship. I'm your host, Holly Gilbert Stowell. Bye-bye.